baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, that sort of sums up my life. (laughs) I try, but that's all we can do, friends. Uh, Welcome, welcome. Adam is filling in for Chad today. So you're stuck with me for the first three hours. Then you get Mr. Carter over at noon. All right, friends. Tom Emmer lasted, what, like three hours? Maybe he was the nominee for maybe three hours, then he bailed? Can you beat it? What did you commit to for three hours and then you bailed? Was it a job? Was it a relationship? Was it a a movie? What did you do? Three hours and then you bailed. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed. Emmer seemed more moderate than... Some of the other candidates, at least he didn't deny the election. You know, at least maybe some of his ideas or his ideas were were fact based. I think he probably could have been a uniter in the party, but but they didn't think so. And God knows I will not even pretend to to understand what goes on in the mind of some of the Republicans in Congress. So Tom Emmer. Our Minnesota boy, we were hoping for that, that he might get a shot at the speaker, but he didn't even get up to he didn't even get it to the point of a vote. So curious to know what in your life maybe lasted that short. I'll tell you this, at uh, David, I was uh, it was a summer job. And I was like home from college. You know, I didn't really, I, I, I used to be a counselor at camp or I used to be a lifeguard, but I kind of needed like some more experience. So I remember looking for like an office job because I was going to eventually go work in a newsroom and I wanted to figure out something to do. I took a job as some guy's secretary. He was like a lawyer or something like that. He was in private practice. And uh, basically the first day I went in, he his former secretary showed me this elaborate um, filing system they had. And they, he, she said, this is, you know, 90% of your job, basically taking papers that he gives you and filing them. But the system was so elaborate. It wasn't just like alphabetical or it wasn't even by case. It was so elaborate that I had no idea what I was doing. But I was too young and stupid to say, well, can you explain it to me again? Because I don't really understand. So the next day, I did show up for work. One was a training day. I showed up and he started giving me things to file. And she wasn't there, the old secretary. And I had no idea what I was doing, so I'll totally admit this on the air right now. I just started putting the papers wherever I oh, thought they no. should go. Yes, <laughs> in the filing cabinet. I just I, I just guessed. I was like, oh, okay, this starts with an E. I'm going to put it next to another E. Like <laughs> I, And I mean, I must have filed, you know, 30 papers with, with – I'm sure it definitely screwed up their system. And you know what? The next day I called and said, I'm sorry, I, I can't go back. I, I'm so sorry. I've accepted another position. I'm not going back. Did you and tell I, him that you misfiled that you know piles of paperwork? I I mentioned that I I may have been confused yesterday about the system, and she should double check my work. <laughs> um, but she may have already retired. But I remember I just because I felt so guilty and I couldn't do it. I lasted one day. 
on that job. And I, I did. I felt bad. But then I think I was a lifeguard for the rest of the wow. summer just because that was like – I don't know why it would seem so stressful for me, but I could not wrap my brain. It was like the 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 paper version of Excel, and I still don't do Excel, and I just I I was not meant for that kind of job. So I lasted a day. What about you? Six five one four six one nine two two six. How long did you last? I mean, this is you know in honor of Tom Emmer, who lasted three hours as a potential speak nominee. He was yeah. just a nominee. For the speaker, he never even made it to the vote. Uh, so we're starting our day off with uh, a smile. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Do you have one, David? Well, I so I had a part time job just out of college, and I was looking for something full time. So I, you know, I had to show up late to my part time job for an interview, and it was the second or third interview for a full time position, and I was offered that position, and I was excited about it. It was a job I wanted, and I. Almost, you know, we're having dinner with a couple of the, or lunch with a couple of the key people at this place. And I'm going to get a full-time job. And they say, I have the job. We're all sort of celebrating together. And I say, you know, that this is great. I'm really excited. Let me just, let me just sleep on it before I, you know, fully say yes. Well, that's fair. Well, then mm-hmm. it was after jo- lunch and I drove back to my existing part-time job. And my boss was waiting for me at that job to also oh. offer me a full-time position at that job. I think somebody had squealed. They somehow figured out I was in an interview process, and they were like, uh, we better quickly get, get a job offer to them. So uh, then, you know, the first place was not very happy that I uh, led them all the way along until the final moment and then immediately got a better offer and said no to them. <laughs> so you didn't last. You never so did that job. I never. Well, but I guess that's like it. that's yeah. like Emmer. He was up for the job and yeah. never even right. got it. So mine was... Uh, probably about that same amount of time. Three hours yeah. later, and I was like, ah, never mind. I'm out. <laughs> and and I could see where the lawyer that hired me wanted to wring my neck. I'm sure. You know, they hire you. They think they have you. And then you don't show up or you you bail after the first day. And so, David, I imagine the other job was annoyed. Uh, but at least they didn't put time in for training you. I, I remember when my kids were little and I'd been out of work during the recession after uh, the, our, over at uh, Fox 20, or they were UPN at the time. They canceled our show. They fired all of us news anchors and sports people and what have you. And um, and I was out of work for like five years when my kids were little. It was really a hard time. And I was going back to work for Paul. Uh, when I was going to work for Weather Nation and I needed to hire a nanny because my kids were, you know, still young. One was in kindergarten. The two little ones were uh, still at home. And I hired a girl from the neighborhood and I trained her. She spent like the week with us. And I was like, okay, this is what you do. This is their schedule, you know. And the day, the day I was going back to work, her mother called me in the morning and said, so-and-so is not going to accept the job of the nanny it's um it's too much for her with school and i i think she'll be too busy this was i was going to work the first day this was the kids had just started school and i needed her to pick up the kids and you know at kindergarten and and be there and i it was an awful feeling i was absolutely devastated i had to go in and work half a day tell paul okay well this is what happened and of course he's such a great guy you know he let me go home and, and be with my kids but uh, it was a Wednesday. I remember I was going on a Wednesday and that all happened and I was devastated. So I was so annoyed that somebody would do that. But, you know, I mean, it was a 17-year-old kid. She was she didn't have her act together either. And her mother called and told me that she was bailing. Uh, boy, some of these are 
I feel less bad after <laughs> hearing what you guys have done. Uh, good morning, Jordana. My short, my short, short lasting job as a teen was corn detasseling. All right, David, I'm going to need a lesson on corn detasseling. I'm going to have to Google that because I don't know what it is. Um, this person said they hauled us all out to a cornfield, mm-hmm. dropped us off, and left us out there in a thunderstorm. That was it for me. Oh, that sounds awful. That's so a common well. That's a common that? job for kids in rural areas, and I, I don't know if they have a better way to do that or not now. But for for a long time, the corn needs to get pollinated, and the tassels on the top of the corn, like that, drops down and pollinates the cobs. And for some reason, okay. either the strain or the timing or whatever, it's beneficial to like do that by hand. So you literally walk through a cornfield really? and you like take the tassels off, and that pollen falls down and. You take them off or you like shake them loose? Um, I don't know. I've never done it, but something like that. But basically, it involves walking down rows and rows and miles Uh and miles of rows of corn, like shaking the tassels or taking the tassels off or whatever. It's, It's. it's terrible. It's it's work where you go, this is why I'm going to get a college education. <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go. And out in a thunderstorm? Honey, yes. I don't blame you. I wouldn't last too long out that there That might either. be better than 90 degrees in the summer, but either way, it's not a great gig. Doesn't sound great. No. Yeah, that's right. That's why it's for teenagers or what have you. Uh, hey, Jor, fresh out of high school, I worked uh, for the county mowing lawns. I quit at lunch on my first day. I left everything there and didn't say anything. Definitely not proud of it, but that's how we learn. You know, that's true, by the way. I, and I will absolutely not judge you. If that wasn't for you, I mean, some people love mowing lawns for the county. So that's the, their thing, and I totally respect that. But you're right. That is how we learn. I knew that I would never be a good secretary. I would never be organized or be able to follow these systems. I, I'm just not good at that. I got to do my own thing. Um, so, yes, that is how we learn. No judgments, friends. No judgments. Um, Jor, here's another one. I- I'm asking, of course, about your shortest gig. Tom Emmer lasted three hours as the nominee. He didn't even get to the vote. He was like, all right, I'm done. He knew he didn't have the votes, but curious. Like Anthony Scaramucci, remember him? He was like in the White House, I think, or in the Trump White House for like less than two weeks. It was another another short timer. Uh, so let's see. This texter says, my wedding. Oh, gosh. She was having an affair with my best man. I left photos taped under all the guest chairs of the incriminating act while going through the ceremony. Before my I do, I turned to the crowd and said, look under their seats. Enough said, and I walked out. <gasps> is, is that really a true story? Really? <gasps> it's from a 612 area code, but wow. First of all, I'm, I'm so sorry for you. And that is, well, and, and good for you. <laughs> and good for you. That's, that's good justice. You don't want to make that mistake. And I guess that's the way to do it. Excellent. Uh, Dave, we got Dave on the line from Minneapolis. Dave's got a good story for us. Hey, yeah. At age 16, I took a job at Dairy Queen over uh, Minneapolis and got fired after three hours because I couldn't make the curly cue on top of the cone. Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> I guess that I is part crushed. of the job. Yeah, I was crushed. <laughs> well, Dave, maybe when you retire from whatever your career was, you can go back to to Dairy Queen and uh, and learn the proper way. Well, I don't want to learn. Actually, I just like eating them now. So there that's all go. good. 
Fair enough. Oh, Dave, great story. Thank you. See, Dave is not going to be an, an a, a Dairy Queen artisan, and he and now he knows. Uh, wow, it got late. Let's take a quick break. More, uh, your texts are hilarious. Uh, Vent, your shortest job ever in honor of Tom Emmer. Next. Oh yes, we may have gotten fired. What's so funny? What's so few- funny, Jordana? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing at some of the texts. Some of these texts are really great. And I so appreciate you guys. The world is a hot mess, friends. I mean, the world is a mess. And we're living in scary, uncertain, unfortunate times. And, oh, you guys make me laugh. Thank you. Um, We're talking about Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer, as we know, uh, we were sort of rooting for him yesterday. He's a Minnesota boy. I mean, even I was, you know, to be Speaker of the House. And he never got the opportunity. He um, was up for Speaker of the House. Wait, you were actually rooting for Tom Emmer to be Speaker of the House? You know what? Here's the deal. I was rooting for someone to be Speaker of the House because I don't want a government shutdown. I want aid to the Middle East if that's what needs to happen. Um, you know, and we need a speaker for that. We need Congress to be functional. So I understand that the Republicans are in um, a majority in the House and elections have consequences. You are the majority. Please elect a speaker and conduct the business of the country. I don't want to see the chaos that this that that Congress has devolved into. I don't support that. So I would like you guys to collect yourselves Find yourself a speaker and work on behalf of the American public. Right now, you're not doing that. So, yes. And Tom Emmer, who, you know, voted to certify the election, seems like he is a person who makes most decisions based in fact. And I thought this would be a good, I thought he would be um, a reasonable leader for Speaker of the House. Well, he never got the opportunity. He, um, he, was the nominee for about three hours, you know, met with Republicans, obviously realized he wasn't going to have the vote and said, all right, I'm done. You guys figure it out. It's not going to be me. Figure it out. So they never had a vote on that. Now we have an election denier and MAGA Republican who is up for it, Mike Johnson. So we'll see how that goes today. But um, my question today was we were just sort of playing off that, you know, Tom Emmer was the nominee for about three hours. So I was asking, you know, do you ever have a job for three hours? Or do you ever have a, you know, what did you do? What was your shortest gig? And I understand he never had the job. I get it. We don't have to get in the weeds. I know what happened. But we're sort of having a lighter take on that. So, um, by the way, people are educating me about corn detasseling because someone said they had a corn detasseling job from like nine to noon and walked off or left after the thunderstorm started. Hey, Joy, you cut the tassels off so they're not pollinated by the plant. The neighboring plant is the one who pollinates it. Thank you. I learned something today. Thank you. Jor, I've had a few jobs, left very early. Uh, was The earliest was three hours. I left for lunch and never went back. Shameful, yes. I didn't even call in and quit officially. Look, when we're teenagers, we do dumb stuff. Sure, it wasn't appropriate, but I get it. Hey, Jor, back in the 80s, I worked at a car wash for about three hours. It was a second job. It went well, but they just didn't schedule me for another shift. So after after not hearing from them for four days, I moved on. Ah, that's from Paul. Okay. <laughs> well, that's on them. That's on them. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jor, uh, CCO used to announce the cruise for detasseling every day. Oh, Wow. I did not know that, my friend. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) That's good. 
Uh, Jordana, in the mid-70s, I sold encyclopedias in Southern California for one night. We were trained and told not to talk to the other trainees. We were dropped off at night in the dark in a neighborhood. I had no idea where I was, and I was so frightened I sat under a bush for several hours waiting for the van to come back and pick me up. It was horrible. A young single girl out in the midst of Long Beach, California, in the night. Ufta. Okay, that is a terrible, terrible job. Who drops you off at night? I mean, I guess that's when people are home, you know, after dinner. But, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And thank God you got out of that job. Selling encyclopedias door to door. That is hard. And I believe that's a true story. Yes, that's okay. You don't have to do that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Emmer never had the speaker position. I understand, guys. I get it. Uh, Jor, my shortest job ever. I lasted till lunch in a sales job selling Electrolux vacuums in Fargo. They buried the lead and had myself and others in line for orientation. It was door to door. We thought it was the store. All five of us in the orientation left during lunch. I too, David, I got sucked into selling Cutco knives one summer. <laughs> have, you, have you ever done this? No, you but know, it's the worst. That's the worst job. A, yeah. They get you in a room and it's like a day of orientation and they have these motivational speakers like, you could make a million dollars in your first year if you just sell 10,000 knives, you know, because these knives are like $80 for one knife, you know, for a whole set. It's like five grand. And they're like, I used to live out of my car and now I have a mansion all because of Cutco knives. And um, I remember we had to set up appointments with like our, our, our moms, our moms and dads, families like, oh, it's, it's just to, for me to practice. So I remember setting up the appointments and then I called back and said, I just can't do it. I can't go and pitch the knives. I can't do it. So I, I'm going to say I had that job for like one day. I just couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, God, these are fun. I got a job with an appliance, appliance company, worked for a week. I was sitting in the break room. One of the guys was talking down the boss, uh, uh, talking down the boss. I got fired. Oh, geez, really? You got fired because one of the guys was, was being mean to the boss. Hmm. Uh, okay, I see your I, – I, boy, these are fun. I promise I will sprinkle them throughout the show because, my goodness, it's happened to all – Oh. It's happened to most of us. I'm not going to say all. Some of you guys are perfect out there and haven't made any mistakes. I've made lots. So Tom Emmer, three hours of the nominee, three hours in the spotlight. Never got the opportunity uh, for the call up to the big leagues. So I hear you. All right. When we get back, this was an interesting study that I saw today, and I'm wondering if you agree. Gen Z would rather have a better quality of life now than more money in the bank. You might be Gen X, or you might be a boomer. Would you? And looking back on your life, is that a better way to go through life? Having experiences and maybe spending more money during the time you're younger? Or is it still better to save for the future? Let's talk next. We are going to continue Better life or more money when you retire? Not not even better. You know, uh, more experiences when you're young 
or more money in the bank when you're older. But I just, I just want to give you a little inside baseball. You know, this is what David and Adam and I do every day. We, we talk before the show and we plan out what we'd like to do, guests we'd like to have. And, you know, you know me, guys. I wanted to have a guest on Israel. So David makes sure it's a quality guest and, you know, that, that, uh, it's somebody who's going to give us some new information. And today we, we are, hoping to have uh, Major General Elliot, Elliot Chadoff, who is in the reserves. Um, he lives in Israel, was educated in the States. He goes around speaking. He's a political analyst. And um, he was going to join us at 1135 to talk about ceasefire, to talk about the response, because I am troubled. I am troubled um, by everything that is going on, including the loss of lives of innocent civilians in Gaza, and of course, innocent Israelis, but I am troubled by all of this. So um, that was the conversation we're going to have. And Elliot and I have been on WhatsApp this morning because he's back in Israel. Uh, or excuse me, Major Chadoff, I will be more respectful. Um, so he just texted me during the break and he said, Jordana, we're starting to get rocketed. I may not have reception in two hours. And I, I mean, that's real. That That is happening. And I said, obviously, please stay safe much more important than our radio interview. But, you know, you and I, here we are talking about our job that, you know, we quit after half a day and um, we're booking guests that hopefully can remain safe, you know, forever. And um, hopefully Elliot will be joining us at 1135 today. So just wanted to share that with you, you know, transparency. Here's what we got going on. And uh, we're still hoping to talk to him at 1135. And of course, we will talk about that experience. Uh, so this is a hard pivot because we're going to go back to what we were talking about uh, right before, uh, which, of course, you guys were sending some fun things about jobs that only lasted a few hours. But um, eight seventy three percent of people aged between 18 and 25. And I think that's solidly Gen Z. Right. I think that's, you know, between 18. And I also think my younger kids are Gen Z. I have a 17 and 16 year old. They're also Gen Z, but 18 to 25 year olds. These are kids that are, you know, out of high school or maybe out of college at this point, say they would rather use their money to enhance their life in the present than put it toward future savings. What do you think about that? Now, I know there's not a lot of Gen Zers listening to WCCO radio. I'm not an idiot. I mean, my kids don't even listen sometimes when I tell them to. Um, but what we have more life experience, you and I. I'm 51 now. I mean, David's still an infant. Are you 37, David? That's correct. I am. You're 37 now. Yeah. Um, he just had a birthday. And we're, you know, maybe, okay, so you're, you're our baby of the group. But when I look back, I think to myself, like, okay, should I have spent more money on the everyday things or more experiences? Or because I'm looking down the nose, you know, thinking more about retirement, now I'm 51, um, do I wish I had saved more? And I feel, boy, the Gen Zers are going to hate me, but I feel it was really important to save money and hopefully not be a burden to my children later in life. Uh, you know, and be able to do things, if I live that long, God willing, be able to do things um, that are independent, and I feel more secure, you know, that I it would be 
I think it would be more challenging if I have if I had to take a second job. And I know so many retired people who have gone back to work. You know, they've taken a job at Target or you know, it's just something you know easy for them to do. Um, that or a bus driver or things like that that have been retired because they don't have enough money to live on. And that might be a different experience because they maybe didn't make enough money or didn't save enough. But looking back, would you have spent more money during your lifetime and had less in retirement? Because that's the the Gen Z way. 651-461-9226. Now, David, I'm going to ask you, because you're our baby of the group, at 37 years old, I mean, you're living this currently. Mm, yeah. Um. And and I know you and Katrina are amazing because you guys travel all over the place. You bring the kids like you are living the life. Um, are you also saving for retirement? Um, yes, we are. Okay. Uh, one of the discussions we're having right now is, I mean, you know, you, you, you go through the things. You're okay. We're trying to eliminate debt and uh, save for retirement and do the things you do as an adult, right? And, and make a will and all these things. And... Then you like get through a couple of steps like we're, you know, we, we don't have any student debt. That's nice. And we both have jobs. So now you mm-hmm. go, okay, we've got like there's some money that's not already earmarked. What are we going to do with that? And mm-hmm. I think for us, it's what we're fighting through right now is how do we how do we put enough into savings that we feel comfortable and have peace of mind and are confident that we will have money when we retire but right, also right. like only put a certain amount in that because we don't want to like I, I don't want to die with 5 million dollars in the bank like i would rather pursue experiences <laughs> and be generous and like do other things that, like the time to live is now i'm not you know it's not like i'm in my teens or 20s i'm in my mm-hmm. 30s with kids the time to go and do things and live is now and i think all of us should have that um outlook on life a lot of the times and that's the balance we're trying to strike right now of how do we be confident in the future? But man, once once you hit whatever number that is, let's be done with that and let's use some of that money to to really live mm. and really pursue the things we're passionate about today. That's a good response. That's a, and it doesn't have to be either or. It's not like spend all the money now and not save a little bit. You know, I mean, they tell you at age twenty if you start putting, I think it's just as simple as like maybe it's a hundred dollars a month. And I, I that might seem like a lot when you're just making twenty grand a year, but a hundred dollars a month if you put that in an account, you'll retire at, at sixty five as a millionaire. I mean, that's pretty great. You know, so um, it's it's it is a hard balance. Um, I look at. Because Jeff Green's Rules of Finance, you guys, I always quote my dad, Jeff Green's Rules of Finance, pay off your credit cards every month and max out your 401k from your first paycheck. And you know what? Those are great rules of finance. My words to live by. Thank you, dad. Um, I did. I started, you know, even when I was making 20 grand or 19 grand as my first job, you know, in 1994, whatever that was, um, I did. I, I started a 401k and I'm grateful for it. I'm, I'm grateful for that today. But after being sick, I think to myself, like, oh, I need to enjoy whatever expen- whatever expendable income I have right now instead of being so crazy about, oh, no, I need to put it away. I need to yeah. put it away. I had a lot of money anxiety young, yeah. and I was always like, oh, I got to save. I got to save. Um, may also be the result of Jeff Green's Rules of Finance. Dad, <laughs> still love you. But um, I do feel like I have life has taught me that I should chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think the the word you used there was enjoy 
the the resources you have. And I think that's Mm -hmm. key because I think there's a fine line, especially in younger generations, between enjoy and like squander. Like I've talked to friends who don't budget at all and it's like, what does your money go? I like, I don't know. I never have any money. Whatever I get, I spend. And not great. That is not great. Like that is not what I'm talking about. I think it's important to have a plan and to understand Mm -hmm. how much money is going in and out. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're saying, okay, I'm saving 10% for retirement or whatever your number is, but now I have the option to up that to 15%, uh, or we could start going on a big vacation every year, or I can, Mm -hmm. you know, upgrade this in my life or whatever it is, um, or be Mm -hmm. generous with my money. I think Mm -hmm. those are decisions that people are making more often and are wise because I think there, there used to be this thought of like every extra penny you have, you just throw towards retirement because that's the right thing to do. And I I don't think that's Mm -hmm. the right thing to do. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And that's coming from a younger person. I get it. Uh, this texter says, listen, Gen Zers, you can't have both. Experiences are fun, but they cost money. You need a job to pay for those experiences. And we're not saying Gen Zers don't want a job or don't want to work. A- absolutely not. We're saying with the money that they earn, how are they choosing to spend it? And when you look back, would you have changed anything? I might have been a little more free with the pocketbook, um, but... I don't know. I, I, I'm glad I have, but I also have a pension from our union. So I'm, I'm glad that that exists, but I also pay into that. You know, I, it's tough. Hey, Jor, I'm 70 and I'm so glad I chose experience over lots of money. I've lived and traveled overseas all on less than $30,000 annual income. And I'm so glad I've done it. And friends, there is a way, you know, I, this is, that's a great text. Because, um, you know, David and Katrina also travel, but they do it really smartly. They do it with, you know, like credit card miles or airline miles or, you know, they'll you guys will stay in hostels and you you have these experiences, but you're not staying at the Ritz everywhere you go. So there's definitely a way to do it. Um, So thank you for that text. Uh, Let's see. I was a dope at that age. This texter says we all are. Even putting a small amount in savings will make a tremendous difference, compound interest. And I agree with that. I'm, again, being having money anxiety, and I admit to that, um, have, even putting a small amount. I did. I did the max out of the 401k. And I remember when I bought my first car, I couldn't make the car payments because too much of it was going, you know, like 10% or 15%, whatever the max. I, I didn't have enough money to live. And I had to say to my dad, I'm like, Dad, I, I can't even make these payments because too much of it is going to savings. So I had to alter it at that time. And, you know, it was a, a small car. You know, it's not like it was anything fancy. I was young. But um, so you're right. But uh, putting a small amount, I, I agree, a small amount or as much as you can afford and still live. Uh, let's see. Gen Z won't have basements for their middle-aged kids to live in. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get it. So they'll be living with us, the grandparents, right? I better finish the basement. Uh, let's see. Gen Z sees the government bailing everyone out. So their mindset is to spend it now and mooch off the government when they get old. Mm, that's interesting. That's in, uh, that's interesting. Uh, hey, Jor, having enough money brings peace of mind in old age. Don't overspend when you're young. Uh, uh, peace of mind is a good thing. Agreed. 
Uh, Jordana, I'm 61 and blessed to have retired earlier this year. We always prioritize saving for retirement. But like David said, we tried to balance. Took the family on vacations, uh, drove cars well beyond being paid off, stayed in the same house since 1993. Also strongly suggest working with an advisor. That's all great. That is great advice. Thank you. Great advice. Uh, let's take a break. Um, also great advice. David is going to be Dr. David. Uh, when we return, David went to the doctor, and this is in response to Adam's doctor visit when he did not get the full Monty. He didn't get the turn and cough and was disappointed. So I am going to ask David. He signed a HIPAA regulation. He signed away his HIPAA rights for the next segment. And I will ask David about his doctor's appointment next. David! How was your doctor's appointment? <laughs> oh, I thought you'd never... Is that what we do now? I go to a job where everyone asks me about my doctor's appointment the next day. I guess so. Did you have to bend over? Uh, no, I did not. Um, boy, you're really going to make me talk about this on the radio, huh? Well, here's I'm the deal. Adam that... got on the radio yes, and said that he didn't get the full Monty. He yes. didn't get the, the turn and cough. He didn't get the prostate exam. And we were wondering if that was still a regular thing. Yes. So David is a young man. He's only 37. But yes. did you talk to your doctor about this and get some clarification? Uh, I did. I mentioned... So my doctor's actor, Dr. Colson at uh, Voyage hmm. Healthcare. We've had him on the show a couple of times. And oh, hi, Dr. Coulson. I mentioned to Dr. Colson that Adam had this question that, you know, Adam didn't have to take his pants off at all when he was at the doctor. And he was wondering <laughs> about a couple of screenings they do. And Dr. Colson told me that the, uh, the, the exam for prostate, this is the most interesting thing, the exam for prostate cancer... Um, has sort of been routine for folks over 40 for a long time. However, they found out that it doesn't actually do a great job at saving lives. And uh, the the people that have serious prostate cancer, like detecting it a little early, doesn't impact the prognosis that much. But what it does is it it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, like everyone, like millions of men <laughs> uncomfortable at the exam and – it has false positives and then triggers those men oh. to go get really expensive um, tests and scans and other stuff for an issue that was never there in the first place. So with all of that evidence, uh, many doctors have stopped doing them because the risk-reward factor just isn't there. Um, you know what? That is progressive science. Yes. That's great to know. So if anyone's curious about that, and also saves a very uncomfortable exam yes. uh, for many men. And I thought so, about this too. Like I've only got, I've got 20 minutes with my doctor and there's only so yeah. many things he can do in that yeah. 20 minutes. And my doctor, he, mm -hmm. we talked about a lot of good lifestyle things is what we ended up talking about. Like, okay, mm -hmm. how much, how much caffeine should I use and diet and how much exercise? And I always ask, I say, okay, I'm standing here at 37, generally healthy. What do I need to do to stay healthy so that I'm, you know, I'm back here in 10 years generally healthy again. Um, and I think it's those kind of conversations that are probably much more helpful than doing yeah. screenings for things that it doesn't actually help that much. So, Well, thank God you're healthy. We want to keep you that way. Um, can I put you on the spot about quick takes? Sure can. Some? We're going to talk about a fast food chain leaving downtown Minneapolis, and it's the first <sighs> day of the season for the Timberwolves. Those are both coming up in quick takes. And it is Alinda's construction time check. Save 50% off installation labor on Minnesota-made Infinity from Marvin. Be 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 